0: You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos, and with me today, Dr. Jennifer Plum, the Medical Director for Utah Naloxone, and Megan West, who is the Program Manager of the Division of Substance Abuse and Mental Health. And we are talking about You and Naloxone Saved My Life. It's a new campaign surrounding naloxone. Ladies, when we took a break, we were talking about, you know, this could be your sister or your father or your mother, and I want to talk a minute about that. I think sometimes people get that, myth in their mind that uh, drug addicts are people who choose to be what they are, and that just isn't correct. And so, Dr. Plum, talk about this could just be anyone in our own family. Nobody wants to be addicted.
1: It's really true. And largely, one of the things we really need to think about, especially when it comes to opioids, is that these are very physically dependence-creating substances. In as little as seven days of taking an opioid someone can have that physical dependence on them so uh, you have a surgery you have uh you know a procedure done a trauma where you're prescribed opioids and as little as seven days your body becomes dependent upon them and there you are you didn't make a moral failure you didn't choose a wrong path you ended up there and that means truly it can be any one of us. When we look at the demographics for overdose deaths in this state, if I were to say you know, to you or to Megan, you guys both probably know the data, but to picture who you think the person most likely to die of an opioid overdose is every day in this state, um, because we are still losing about one person every single day, uh, and ask you what popped into your head, you know, I will tell you, I picture a 22-year-old male maybe a little reckless, maybe a little shiftless, jobless, maybe even homeless. And I do picture that partially because I lost my brother to a heroin overdose at 22, um, back way back in 1996. But partially because I think a lot of us picture that. We picture this young, reckless kind of other person. And in reality, every single day, the person most likely to die of an opioid overdose is not my brother, it's me. It's a 45 to 54 year old woman in this state. And that is because we've done a not great job of educating about the risks of opioids. We have not helped people understand that you can become dependent. And even at prescribed doses, you can become dependent. You can later become addicted, meaning it impacts your life as well as you have the physical addiction or dependence, excuse me. And it can also lead to overdose in those around you your kids, your littles. I work in the emergency department at Primary Children's, and it is very common for us to have an overdose in a child. I'm not talking a teenager. I'm not talking an adolescent. I'm talking a child. I'm talking zero to four years of age to be overdosed on an opioid that came from within someone's home. So there is really this mindset shift that needs to happen, that it isn't just you know, here in Salt Lake, someone down at Pioneer Park or someone under a viaduct. Certainly there are folks in those situations that are impacted as well. But this is someone you see at the grocery store, at, at church, at the gym. This this is any of us because opioids in particular are so, so dependence
2: creating. I also want to touch on along those lines, when people do make it to treatment. And if they end up doing heroin or opiates again, their level, I can't think of the word I want. Are you talking about their tolerance? Thank you. Tolerance. Their tolerance is much lower. And so if someone goes ahead and does the exact same amount they were doing two months ago or... A month ago before they enter treatment, their rate of overdose is so much higher and their chance of dying. So that's another reason to educate family members and friends that just because your loved one or friend has gone into treatment and seems to be doing really well, it's important to talk and have open communication and break down the stigma and have naloxone and Narcan on hand just in case.
0: We need to take a break, but I think you're both making the point that this is why we should all have naloxone in our homes, not just yes. people here and there. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk much more about this. And you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio.